Hello, everyone, and welcome to Space Junk, a weekly podcast dedicated to the amazing hobby of amateur astronomy. Each week, we'll bring you interesting and fun discussions with an eye towards providing you with the latest information and advice on the tools, gadgets, software, and techniques for maximizing your enjoyment of the night sky. Your hosts are Tony Darnell from DeepAstronomy.Space and Dustin Gibson from OPT Telescopes, a world leader in telescopes and accessories. Before we... Yeah, man, I'm good. I, yeah? uh, I heard you had some fun over in New York City. Oh, man, let me tell you, it was, it was so great meeting Dustin and uh, Ian. They are, they are just awesome. It I was, was just... a great time. I was just saying while you were, you were offline that it was like this long distance relationship and, and Dustin had to check that you weren't catfishing him <laughs> and that you were like a 12 year old girl. Yeah, reality. I get there and you're a 12 year old girl. That's what <laughs> That's she awesome. said. Like, she was yeah. like, buy my cookies. Buy, that was what you know, <laughs> imagine. Catfishing Dustin. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to hire this guy last minute named Tony and he showed up at the airport. <laughs> yeah. That's what I had to do. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was no a man, but that was a, it was an awesome trip, wasn't it? it yeah, was great. Yeah, I'm still tired, man. I feel like uh, Tell me about you it. know I didn't really it didn't, it didn't really set in until I got back, and then I realized like somehow my voice had dropped like two octaves, it's, you know. So I was like, I either hit puberty, you guys, or am just <laughs> really tired. You guys are so soothing. Like actually, I've got a really deep voice at the moment too, because after Yuri's night. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are back uh, with another podcast. Uh, Dustin and I just got back from a weekend in New York City where we had a great time. We saw a lot of people both at Neef and in Times Square. We just had like, we just geeked out all weekend, didn't we, Dustin? Yeah, I was just talking to the staff about it. We have full staff meeting here on Tuesdays. And um, man, I was just talking to them. It's like in one day, in a 24-hour period, we did Neef, Imaging in Times Square, a podcast recording, um, the documentary recording and Yuri's night yeah. all in a 24 hour period. Um, that is no wonder, you know, we're all so tired. Yeah, really? <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on, but I mean, it was the best week. It was so fun. Oh, it was awesome. And it was great to finally meet you guys uh, in Meet Space, where we could, like, we met for the first time. Uh, we've been working together for several months, but this was our first uh, time actually doing it in person. So for me, it was extra special. And I, I agree. I don't think I've ever done more astronomy stuff in one 24-hour period than, than I did on Saturday. Uh, that, was, that was pretty incredible. Well, and speaking of doing it in person, guess who we have here in the studio right now? Oh, I hear you've got somebody yep. quite quite awesome yourself over there. Uh, yeah, Cat, Cat Nation's Major. back. Yeah, yeah, I love all these. I love all these compliments. You can keep them coming. Yeah, uh, you're <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> oh, let me just, I will say this, Cat. After the first after the first podcast we did with you, I got so much positive feedback from my audience. I have a Discord server, and that was when I was still kind of uh, the, all my my the people that are really close to me and follow me, like you know, really close to everything I do. Mm. Uh, I was just telling them about the podcast. They went to go listen, and they were listening to. I guess the three, the first three or four episodes, and then they heard yours and they were like, they were really inspired. I mean, they really oh. enjoyed that episode. So that was great feedback. I just wanted to let you know that. You can't see this, but I'm doing a little she like happy a, wiggle. Like that, yeah. That's what that's called? That's the happy wiggle? Is that is what that, that is? The happy wiggle? <laughs> yeah. Not to be taken out of context, please. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely the happy wiggle. So um, yeah, Kat, welcome again to the US from Australia. 
what is that? That's a 15 hour flight for you? Yeah, it's pretty easy. You know, are you in what Sydney lo- or Melbourne or where are you? Where Sid- are you at? So in Sydney. And what I okay. love about it is I, I set off at 1 p.m. on the second mm-hmm. and then, oh no, sorry, 2 p.m. on the second. And oh. I landed in the US at 1 p.m. on the second. Nice. So if you fall asleep, it is literally the closest thing you can get to time travel. Well, astronomers are used to the idea of time travel, right? Every time they look yeah. at a scope. Oh. So, yeah. But, I mean, a little bit better. Real fast. A little bit better at it than, than what you're talking about one hour. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 200 million years. Yeah, so. true. True. Yeah. So get out of here with that boring shit. Okay. <laughs> Yawn. Yawn. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, and then when you got, when you landed in LA, you did um, Yuri's night almost right away, right? Or did you have um, a little bit of time down? I had a few days actually. I can't oh, did even you? remember. Okay. Well, we've had like yeah, you got here a while ago. What a week yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. I've been moseying around. I just there's a it's just I love LA because it's just full of space people, and yeah. I, God, I love you guys. And like I think Sydney has a, a pretty decent astronomy scene, but it's not one that's like as well connected as LA. I mean, right. very few places are. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, this has to be the astronomy capital of the world from San Diego up to LA. Everything is right here. So when you land, do you get any time to yourself at all? Or is it just getting constant bombardment from people trying to get you into things or get you to do like, like I know Yuri's night, you were in a, an ambassador, right? Yeah, that was so amazing. Actually, we got these little red sashes and we could like, we, we got like a few minutes on stage to talk about what we do and stuff. And there's some really interesting yeah. people there. I mean, just, it's amazing. And everyone that from people that just study, um, you know, the meteorology side of things right. all the way to, to people that are 3d printing rocket engines and yeah. everything in between. I was like, Oh, it's in my happy place. So for people that don't know, explain Yuri's Night. It's a party, what, underneath the space shuttle and there's a lot going on, right? Yeah. There's, firstly, Yuri's Night is celebrating the first man in space, right. uh, Yuri Gagarin. And um, it's not just one party in LA. There are parties all over the world. They've got one coming up, or I don't know when this has been released, but they've got ones coming up in like Florida and, you know, and DC and all these different places and not just in the U S right. it's like, I think something like, Oh God, I don't want to get it wrong, but like it's, it's loads and There's loads and of, loads of yeah. all over the world. Is LA the biggest though? No, actually it's not the one in DC. I think is a little bigger. Really? But the one in LA is just next level. Yeah, because you've got the whole aerospace community. There. Wow! And they this year they're doing one under every single so space shuttle and Lantis Endeavor right. and whatever the fuck the third one was. Yeah, so. I don't know. The Endeavor's in LA though. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's so nuts. I, I was mean, actually Atlantis is here in Florida. Yes, and then there was another one. We went to uh, Tony. We just got back from a dinner with an astronaut that uh, flew the Endeavor. Wow. Um, yeah, Don Pettit up to the ISS. We went to dinner with him this weekend, and I, man, he was the most amazing person. He uh, his story is just. Would you call him? You said he really is the um, the most interesting man in the universe. Oh my god! You know, he the, really he really is. Though. The Photoshop his face, uh, an instant like the there was an astronomer. Uh, sorry. Uh, um, uh, there was a guy that was what was his name? Oh God, it's gone from my mind. But a guy that had flown in every shuttle as well at Yuri's night in a uh, story, right? Story Musgrave. Yeah, oh yeah. my God! Oh yeah, he lives down here in Kissimmee, <gasps> and I bet him too. Yeah, that yeah. guy. I mean, one of the scopes out there he signed. But yeah, he's the one that fixed Hubble when it went yeah. up broken. Yeah, he went out there and fixed it. And it was this beautiful story. Like, you know, he started just basically working on farm equipment mm-hmm. and it then followed the story about how he developed. 
And like the fact that you can literally go from fixing farm equipment through to working on the Hubble, floating in space, like that is mind blowing. The fact that that is even like, obviously it takes a certain amount of courage and determination and focus. But like this guy was like, he was like, yeah. And I did like how many other degrees? He did five degrees or something. And like, was like following his passion and ended up doing all these insane things. And I was like, wow, more people need to do this. Yeah, yeah. Talking to Don all night. So first off, he says when he's up there on the ISS, he's taking like 3,000 photos a day. And his photos were just, no one ever needs to compare photos with this guy. Wow. You know, because when you're shooting from the ISS, (laughs) it's just, it's unreal. Everything he had was unreal. Um, But, you know, we didn't talk as much about space as I really thought we were going to. Like he, we were talking about guns and just being the what, what he called it was Neanderthals, you know. But that's what he's like, man. I just I want to blow stuff up, you know. <laughs> like I want to go out there and shoot something and blow it up. And it was the funniest thing. But this guy is so unbelievably smart. I mean, we dug into a lot of things. I mean, we we dug into a ton of biochem and like wow, all kinds, you know. And then even just the the issues they have with physiology up there, like trying to understand the different the impacts of the radiation and mm. you know all of the problems you know breaking off the oxygen components so they got all these free radicals in space and trying to find ways to soak that stuff up because they're they're finding this strange blindness and only in men oh and only in one eye not in women at all and it's like all these strange things wow. that happen in space that to this point we don't have a way of understanding but it was the most fascinating conversation ever with the most down-to-earth guy no pun intended but yeah. really like <laughs> to be to be an astronaut and this is what i told him is like like you started the same way as everyone else it's just you followed through like everyone when they're a kid says at some point i'm gonna be an astronaut mm. and then he actually did it you know the field narrowed and narrowed and narrowed down from you know seven billion to don pettit you're that guy man you're that guy and they ask you to lay back and ride a rocket into space and you do it and it's nuts it's nuts but anyway not sure he he, he had patented a uh, design that lets people you can now drink a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in space uh, which is before now has been very hard to do so he's quite yeah he's quite accomplished it's big priority for english people yeah it is exactly Yeah, so yeah be more, t- maybe there'll be more, uh, you know, uh, British astronauts now because I was in, like, I was oh. in, I was in that Newcastle. That was the issue. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Well, I was in Newcastle when, when, what was it? What's the one? There's one British astronaut. What's his name? A uh, Tim Poole or Pete or something like that. Anyway, he was launched like in 2000. He was going up in 2016, and I mean, England just lost its mind over this. And I'm looking around and I'm going. Well, where the hell have you guys been? We've been, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. They were like, so oh, we think, were... And it was, it was the tea issue. I think it was tea. Yeah, they, they, they were waiting for why. a cup of tea. Like they, they went up there before, had a look, and then were like, mm, "There's no tea. Let's there's no retreat, tea. Retreat, retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Move so, back." So you're just completely opposed to that cat uh, drinking tea from a bag. If you can't drink it from Ooh. your cup, you just you're not going to space. So in Australia, we call them goon bags. You know, the little silver foil pouches. Mm. And uh, this is totally off t- off topic, but um, the, one of the welcoming things if you're first into the country is they right. do this thing called Goon of Fortune, where they, you know, you get those um, washing lines that like spin, but like on a okay. central pole. Sure. Yeah. So they clip the bag of Goon, which is normally full of wine, uh-huh. and they spin it around, and then whoever it lands on has to drink. 
oh, this is something that that's a welcoming. That's how you welcome part. people into wow. Australia. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to coming out there in a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god, great. we can we can do Guna Forge. Yeah, we're not going to do that, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're not going to do that, but it's got a really cheap cars going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, let's get into this. There's so much to talk to you about. Always, always. You, I mean, we are busy. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that this week kind of was just what happens here pretty regularly. <laughs> you know, we that. always have so many things going on, but I feel like you're the person that when you call, I'm always like, yeah, this person I think is busier than we are. And uh, we don't get that very often. So let's talk about all the things you have going on because your life is insane. It's constantly, like you're always on the run. And I think the way you described it earlier is you're, you're in this like perpetual state of catch up. Mm. You know, so let's let's talk about that. What do you have going on right now? So I'm just finishing off one Kickstarter project. Uh, I have recently acquired a printing company. So I've now gone on from just painting artwork of deep space images. Right. Um, and now I'm actually printing and I've set up like a distribution and I'm just about to move into my first big factory, which is super exciting. Well, it made a lot of sense, right? You're doing so many prints now that you really have to control the process from start to finish. That's right. And I can't, uh, I just don't have room. Like at the moment, like it's expanded over my entire, like I was at the start of this little tiny corner of my house and then it's just like, like a virus. It's like spread all the way. So even down to like the kitchen table, everything is covered in space artwork. Right. Um, and then, so once that's done, then we're working on the next project. So we are, have been working with a series of scientists from the European space agency. And we're about to, as you do, by right? the way. Yeah. Just like, just casual. <laughs> just on a low key. So I just hold on to your seats right now because I don't yeah. need to fall off. But uh, yeah, so we are building a chandelier. I don't know. I was like, what the fuck? This is boring. But anyway, it is 26 foot in diameter and it's of the Milky Way galaxy. <gasps> 26 feet it's wide. Big. A chandelier 26 feet wide. Yeah. And it when it's of the Milky Way, but I mean, it's like an, a very accurate representation of it, right? Based on real data that- from the European Space Agency. That's okay. where the scientists come in. So so you're taking that data and doing what exactly? Well, we're going to be 3D print. So we're crunching it down into what would be a density map. Mm-hmm. And then we are going to be crunching that through and sort of, a, it's like a program that will create these fractal, like it's a fractal generating AI effectively. Okay. But imagine something that looks like a snowflake, but more like, rounded more like so and we're going to be printing these all these unique clusters printed in this crystal clear resin and then it will be suspended from these thousands and thousands of fiber optic cables so the idea is wow you just imagine like walking into a room and then literally above you is like a milky way galaxy it's going to be so amazing with the stars in the correct places so it's going to be representational of where the stars mm-hmm. are it's not going to cover every single one right because uh, like because you don't have twelve lifetimes. I well, we would There'd have to make billions. it much bigger. <laughs> hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of billions. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have to be a little bit bigger than it currently is. Yeah, uh, to, uh, the idea of I, I wanted it to be big because it needs to be impressive. Because here's the right. thing, like uh, you know, most of the time when we see images of space, they're like on our phones or on our screens, or maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a print, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit bigger, but. That does not put it into perspective how massive and insane and cool, like like right now you just think with this tiny speck of dust orbiting a burning furnace of nuclear fusion, like we call the sun, right? And out there is like light years and light years across and that's just 
our Milky Way galaxy. And then you've got, it keeps on growing and it's bigger and bigger. And like, I feel like the more I think about it, the more it freaks me out in a good way. I love that. Well, you think about it, you may be the first human in history to give other humans a way to experience their own home in this way. And you think about mm. like how basic a concept it is and it's never existed. I can't think of one place that's ever existed because I mean, for one thing, that's a lot of work. Right. I mean, look at what you're going through to get to that point. But for this to be something that people can walk into and experience above them, their own home, this is the galaxy around them. That doesn't exist. It never has in human history until now. So you are definitely just being Cat Machen again. Yeah. And the idea is, and my favorite thing, and I think I mentioned just at the end of the last podcast, which you must definitely check out if you've not heard heard it, but yeah. I'm going to give it away yeah. like fully. I'm going to find, because this is what I realized after talking to so many scientific institutions, they cannot afford. Well, you're going to give the, the chandelier away. Yeah, legit. Can I ask, how much does it cost to make a chandelier like this? Is um, that something you can talk about? Yeah, yeah, of course. Just the raw materials alone will be a quarter of a million dollars US to build. <laughs> oh so, Yeah, and so you're going to give this away to who? I don't know. That's the best okay. part. I just yeah. knew I had to build it. And yeah, I raise your hand if you want it. Yeah, yeah. Anyone want this? You need well, a my hands big up. house. How, yeah. how big is your ceiling, Tony? Can we fit a 26-foot yeah. chandelier? <laughs> yeah, I'll, like I'll, Dust- make, I'll make it. Dustin's yeah. like, I'm going to build a house just for this one. Yeah. It's so can, can, be- I, can I ask you what data you're using? Are you using like Isagaya data or? Uh, yes. Okay. So we're using that, which only like that's only a portion. So that's probably about uh, ish 1.8 billion stars. Right, the Milky right. Way, somewhere between two and four hundred million. So actually, only a p- tiny portion. Um, and then also, I'm looking at data from various different institutions. The um, you know, there's a science institute, um, the uh, Institute of Science Technology in Beijing, which have done a lot of studies so the idea is i'm just pulling data from all these different places yeah. a good portion is going to have to be my enti- like artistic representation of yeah. what we think it's going to be right but because it, the data is not fully conclusive oh, no. right i mean there's just so much well at least the interpretations of it oh the interpretations right of because yeah. the data the data themselves mm-hmm. are accurate the most accurate that they've ever been especially from gaia right, right. it's a uh, it's an its whole job is to scan the entire sky and map these stars to a level of precision that we've just never done before so that data is very accurate Right. But uh, when you're going through, I mean, you're, you're talking to so many people trying to organize this. You're going to have to at some point just settle on this is the representation, mm. at least that I'm going to be able to show. Right? Like what I thought would be quite nice is to do one now. And then there's really not, you know, I could just build another one later. And then this is our, how our model of the universe, uh, you know, of our galaxy has yeah. changed over time. And I thought that'd be quite cool. I mean, you need a, a doubly big house. Or living room. Yeah, I'll build the house for it. Big, big That's bedroom. no problem. I really feel something like this belongs in a major museum, you know, like yeah. the MoMA or even bigger, right? I mean, because it's just the scale of it and what I feel like it can do, the perspective mm. it can give people, which is the whole point. Is that why you're doing it? Yeah, that's right. I really, I mean, like, obviously, we've got, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about this mm-hmm. cosmic perspective, but right. like, the truth is that, and I say this over and over again, we are losing connection to the stars. I know people think like how, but you know, 99% of people in the US and in Europe now live under light polluted skies that are so bad that most of you can see only 2% of the stars at night. Oh yeah. You should have seen it in Times Square. I mean, we, the challenge was not, you know, once we had the, once we had the filter on, 
it uh, everything's fine as far as yeah. imaging goes. But even just polar aligning, you know, mm. it makes it such a challenge because you cannot see a star above you. You know, when you're in Times Square, you can't see anything but these huge LEDs all around you. Yeah. And obviously that's an extreme example. But the truth is like things are going more that direction than they are the direction you're talking about. And so it really is a challenge for people to connect to the night sky because there's less and less of it by the day. Look, we... It's, and it's only literally over the last 50 to 100 years, like before then, like it was fine. So it's such a short space of time. And like on top of that, it's like, yeah, I just want to be able to, for people to, if I can be so like crass, I just yeah. want people to walk into the room and go like, holy fuck, this is incredible. Do you think that there's going to be any problem with that, with the scale? You're 26 feet across. I mean, <laughs> I think you could make any chandelier. And it do that for you. Yeah, true. But like, and I, the idea is I'm going to like maybe organize so there's like soft cushions and pads on the floor so people can just lie under it and just oh, yeah, out. lay back. Yeah. Wow. So it's going to truly be an immersive experience. Yeah. Like I just, because right. So like a single vision can really um, change the course of your life. Um, and I'm going to use an example from my brother, actually. So when he was younger, he saw a chandelier. Oh, no, chandelier. Fuck, I've got chandeliers on the mind. Yeah. Um, it was a vase, right? And it was in a, a computer magazine and mm -hmm. underneath it in small text. It wasn't very big, but under the it said, this is 3D generated. And he was like, wow, this looks so real. Right. And like right there and then he was like, I need to know how this works. Like, uh -huh. how is it built? And then literally 20 years later, it was like, oh yeah, you know, I spent 20 years in the video games industry and I didn't just learn how to use, build, like build the vase, but then I learned how to like write a shader and program and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I don't like, know anything you're like, talking about right now. Yeah. All this foreign language. But yeah. the idea is that <laughs> that moment was really important. And I right. feel like if you can create that moment in other people yeah, that, that where they, cause like just the idea of being able to walk under it, but as they said, like institutions just can't afford this stuff. Yeah. I mean, they are struggling with funding. So, and I think more than ever getting people into space is so important, not just for like the success of the human race, but I just feel it's like, it's good for the soul, you know? Sure. No, I, I completely agree with this. The whole, uh, the whole idea behind our observatory project is the same thing. Just build it and give it away because not because, you know, it's eventually going to come back or anything like that, but because it should exist mm. and it's going to do more for the community that, that honestly, I feel like is what keeps us alive and keeps us going. Then trying to find this new strategy to, you know, like create something for the other purposes. It's like, no, sometimes things should just exist. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't and you find it first, just make it. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah. Well, like if not, he's like, if not, like, if not who, then like, you've got to do it. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause otherwise it won't, Yeah, you know, but I think it's, it's, I can't wait to see it. Everything you do is big though. Didn't you do, you did a painting for, uh, I know you did, for uh, Gwyn Shotwell at SpaceX, mm. but didn't you do another one for SpaceX themselves for uh, Elon? Um, yeah, so there's one that's that's in the company. Yeah, and yeah. that was amazing. Oh, that was that was a that was a, such a cool experience. How big is that painting? So that one is oh gosh, it's in meters, but it's four meters by two meters. So what's that? Thirteen foot by six and a half foot tall, roughly. And how big is the painting you're doing for me? twice the size you hear that elon that's for you <laughs> 
So it's going to need a big ass wall for that. Yeah. I told you, I'll build a wall for that. Thing. So it's yeah, I, I mean, thirteen by thirteen is that, that correct? What it is? Yeah. Oh my so God. twice the height. So I'm going to have to employ all of my senses to get that. Like that is. I can't a, wait to see it. It's going to be good. I can't wait to see it. You're doing that horse head shot. It's going to be, which the the horse head is something that needs to be painted. It's such a beautiful nebula, right? It's Especially insane. that wide field. Uh, there's so much there. It's so dense. It's, so dense. And actually the way, and I mean, I'm not just trying to blow smoke up your ass, but like the way that you processed <laughs> it was just insane. Like it was so beautiful. And if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend you go to Gibson Picks on, uh, is that right? On Instagram? Is that? Yeah, that's my Instagram. You know, every now yeah. and then you get lucky and you uh, you move that Instagram slider just right. And then Cat Majin paints your photo. Yeah. That's what happens. I right? was like, as soon as I saw it, I fell in love. And I was like, <laughs> I need to paint this picture. Yeah. So you've gotten into astrophotography. Ah, oh, it's so good. And like everyone was like, yeah, you know, you'll get addicted. It's really addictive. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I did one image and then all of a sudden I was like, when can I do the next? Like yeah. I can make this better. How about use this folder? And there's like, it's like never ending. But wow, isn't it cool? You just look into like it's looking into, I don't know. It's just everything about it blows my mind because, mm. you know, you just normally can't see this. The fact that the universe has these things that are so beautiful and it's literally within your reach. Right. Mad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, like understanding for the first time that it is within your reach. I feel like that's what sets you, that's what sets up the addiction of mm. astrophotography, right? Is all of a sudden, all of these things where if you imaged every night for the rest of your life, you would still never see 1% of this stuff. No. You know, and um, I like also that. Obviously, you're not you're not like our typical guests in that you know we generally bring on people that are coming at this from the science aspect, mm. you know. And um, I'm just I like think, this shit looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you come at it from the artistic aspect, which Jenny yeah. shares with you. Jenny likes the art, but she couldn't I care love less her about art. yeah the other side, um, you know. And I think that. I like that this hobby, the hobby of astrophotography, mm. is something that you can master from either perspective. And there aren't a whole lot of hobbies that, that you can say that about. But True. if you are an extremely technical person, which I'd say the majority of our customers are, you know, they they really embrace that idea that like the understanding the specs, understanding, getting the right pixel scale, getting the right everything can give them this perfect image. And you see some <laughs> amazing shots, these A-pods, you know, good. but then the other side of it, you take an artist and, you know, like yourself yeah. and your very first photo look like you've been shooting for years yeah. because you know what you're looking for. And it's a different, it's a, you're getting to the same place on a completely different path. And I mm. like that about this hobby. I Look, here's the truth. You said that you have to be extremely technical and it does help. But what actually the most important thing is you just have to be inquisitive. You just have to be curious, man, because honestly, there is, there's a lot of education out there, um, you know, on how to do certain things right. and not just that, but, you know, it's like an evolution, right? So you start off relatively basic and then you add a new feature and then a new thing and then a new thing. And then sure. before you know it, you're taking nice photos. So I feel like that's something that's great for everybody. Like even a kid could, like even a really young kid could do it. I mean, mm -hmm. you just hop on you. I mean, that's, I freaking love Google. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, that's what I think is amazing. So I, I feel like initially it can be very intimidating for people, but it doesn't have to be. Sure. Yeah, you just start at the beginning and just work your way through step by step. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that more and more we're seeing that. And I hope that it continues in that trend because it photography in general, I feel like is something that people, they hold their secrets close. It's mm. like, oh, this is how I get my photo. I'm never going to tell anybody. And we're trying to break that wide open. It's got to be say, broken. Yeah. Here's, gonna... here's everything I've done. You can do this better in 10 minutes, right? Because I'm, I'm honestly on not too deep on either side of it. I'm certainly not an artist. You know, I can barely write my name. And then on the other side, it's like, I understand the the specs and, you know, the technical side enough to appreciate what it is I have and use, but I'm not the one that's going to sit there and read it just for fun and, mm. and the others, you know? So I think that you don't have to be any of those things too far. Like if you enjoy it, you can be good at it. And, um, I really think that if we make the information accessible to everyone, you'll find that people are going to get, uh, I mean, you're going to get better images by the day. And that's really my goal is I want kids shooting better images than me. Mm. I get excited seeing people's work. I feel like it should be everybody's civic duty to help encourage other people to start making astro imaging, you know, astro artwork, whatever it is, just to get the message out there about focusing on the universe. The Because actually most of the, most of the, um, even down to like people who then go on to join STEM careers. That sure. Then, you know, there's so much goodness that's come to, to like the human race, right? Yeah. So we have a, we have a, a gentleman here in, in our marketing department named Jonathan who brought up a, an excellent point this morning. I want to hear what you think about this. But he said it shouldn't be STEM, it should be STEMA. And he said what it really should be is science, technology, engineering, math, and art. They actually call it STEAM. Yeah, they call it STEAM. Oh. That's already a thing. Yeah. That's already a thing. Oh, well, oh, (laughs) well, you guys are way ahead of us. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And like, I, it's interesting because I, I avoided actively being an artist. I actually studied to be an engineer. I'm a mechanical engineer by, like, by degree, right? That's a huge switch. Yeah. I, Oh, well, this is very stupid, but I uh, I was told every day, well, not every day, but I was told regularly that, you know, artists are failures and whatever, uh-huh. and I wanted to avoid that. You're definitely a failure, Kat. Yeah, I'm, I'm the you world's are. biggest failure. You are. I, I, I fail at, at sucking, though. Like, I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Anyway, back on point. Um, <laughs> I fail at sucking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Continue. Um, uh, where even were we? Like, that, I have lost my track of conversation. Yeah, um, I have no idea. Well, you were saying that you thought that was everybody's civic duty to, uh, you know, promote the idea of, you know, either astroimaging or, or some sort of universe, you know, getting getting connected to the cosmos in some way. Yeah. Why is that? Why do you feel like everybody should be shown space or be talking about space? Because, Tony, you say the same thing. Why, why do you guys feel that way? Do you want to go first, Tony? Uh, well, I just think that without it, you don't have the proper perspective it's too easy to get caught up in the details of our lives. And these details can be very mundane. They can be important, but they're still somewhat mundane. And I think it's vital that we all have some kind of perspective mm. to put all of this in, whether it's uh, planet or planetary or solar system, or even our galaxy. I just think that that perspective is you can't it, to live a fulfilled and complete life. My opinion is that you need this perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm, I agree. I, th- I think it's like, twofold right firstly it's that sense of perspective that makes you a better human being because ultimately you're like well you know and is you get you know you get so tied up by you know someone being rude to you and at work or you know the fact that you know like someone cut you up on the road or something other that's insignificant rather than focusing on the fact that 
the the very fact that you are alive right now right. and you're doing what you're doing and you know the the fact that you can feel the physical matter around you and you're part of this insane massive universe is nothing short of miraculous it's incredible like so i feel like that's good for the soul because it's firstly it's inspiring but secondly it's humbling like it's super super humbling and then the other side of it is getting people into science and STEM is important for just literally the human race. We are facing some of the world's biggest, most advanced, like difficult issues right now, right. whether it's global warming or whatever. And and um, being like promoting science and promoting, you know, uh, like, you know, actually being curious and inquisitive about the, the world is what's going to save us. So that perspective, um, it's like you said, it is both inspiring and humbling mm. simultaneously. So you've got inspiring on one side and humbling on the other. So it's like they're almost like almost like opposing forces. One's where you're like, holy shit, I'm so small. And the other one's like, wow, I'm so special. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that we're both, right? Yeah, there's very, and, they're, very they're, they're sort of complementary in that sense. And they do to take yeah. it together, make you a better person. You're absolutely right. How can a person mm -hmm. who isn't humble uh, be a good person? I mean, and appreciate the, the world we live in and the cosmos, you know, that, that connection makes you, I think you're right, a, a better person. And that's vital. So that's exactly where I wanted to go. This, this is what I was thinking. So when you're saying that, do you think that, because you say it makes you a better person, that um, that it can be both inspiring and humbling at the same time. If that makes you a better person, does it necessarily though? I mean, is that the only path it can lead? Because I'm guessing what you're saying is the perspective tells you that things are so much bigger than our problems that we're facing mm. right now. And it, it does, it does give you that perspective. Well, you could get but depressed about it too. Some people do that. Yeah. Couldn't that also, what about to the nihilist? I mean, couldn't that drive it even further and say, what does it matter? What does it matter? Look at the universe. The universe doesn't care. It's so much bigger than all of us. And if we disappeared today, it would all just be gone and wouldn't even be a blip on the radar <laughs> time. I love this yeah. question because obviously people will feel what they feel. But mm -hmm. if you think about it right now, the fact that you can like, so my favorite question, the thing that drives me every single day is why is there not nothing? Now, right. I know that's a double negative, but like, why does anything exist, right? And yes, I know we say the Big Bang or God or whatever you want to say, fair enough. But the fact, you know, even that, it's like, mm -hmm. even the Big Bang, it's like, I'll give you one miracle, which is the creation of all matter and energy and everything. And then you can describe the rest. And it's like, Still, the fact that anything is existing, the fact that any matter and energy is here, the fact that we're, you know, and it's not just the fact that we're here to like observe it, the fact that anything exists, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, and, and wow. As, and astronomers concede that point. They do concede that the fact that there is a universe at all in which we can exist is improbable. That's the word they use. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. they have no answer for that. Why is there something rather than nothing? Yeah, we are no closer from any of the tools that we've designed as humans through all of human history to answering that question. Just... No closer at all through philosophy, science, anything. And then from that, I always feel like the fact that we are here is just amazing like it is just so mind-blowing and i mean i was this really weird seven-year-old kid that used to sit at my window and look out of the window and be like where's all this matter come from and why are we here and like 
it's a question that will never go away. And it's the thing that drives me. And it's basically just a sense of curiosity about everything. But like, I feel like people need to think about this more. Like that's what makes you feel so special because we all are. The fact that this is here right now. Wow. Yeah. I used to have an existentialism professor that would say, if you want to know the meaning of life, give your life a meaning. Mm. And, um, you know, I think, I'd like to hear your perspective on what you were just going into, on why you think – so if it's important that people see this, because obviously you're committed to it. I mean, you're, you're spending a quarter million dollars giving away. Mm. you know. And if you're going to do that, I obviously you think this is really, really important for people to experience and understand and to gain that perspective. How do you guide people to the positive side, that, um, that uplifting side – of the experience of space and not the overwhelming, oh my God, this is scary. We are in the middle of nowhere in this vast ocean of nothingness, right? Wow, that's such a great question. Yeah, look, it's all about beauty. And I, and that's why I like creating these really beautiful images is because whatever happens, you're still surrounded by so much beauty. And mm-hmm. I think by putting it forward, because space is absolutely stunning it like it makes some of the times when i see your images or other images like it literally makes me want to burst out a load of expletives you know and <laughs> which you do I, which i do which i do yeah. regularly yeah. <laughs> sorry guys i'm really sorry yeah. um they just pop out they um do. um but yeah i think that you can explore that sense of insignificance whilst being surrounded by this amazing beauty and actually that's what is I find so calming and so assuring is that there's beauty in everything and if you can put that forward in a really nice way people are just enticed by it because I could imagine right most people that are into astro you know anything were first captured by seeing these amazing images that they were like wow this is this is beautiful. This is something else. And there's always the flip side. So I, I kind of share your perspective. It, it all for me feels very good. Looking into space is something that honestly has changed my entire life. Like buying mm. that telescope for Jenny uh, changed my entire life. It gave me a perspective that, you know, I was addicted to philosophy books. I used to just not. So I was a terrible student. I wouldn't go to class. I would go to work enough to get my paycheck and then I would rush to Barnes and Noble and buy every philosophy book I could and then I would disappear for a week, wow. read them, and then I would just go back to work when I needed to get money to, you know, and I, I lived that way. I, my GPA dropped to like a 1.0 my first semester and I got put on academic, lost my scholarship, got academic probation, like, but it was all for the nerdiest possible reason. I wanted to understand. I felt like if there's mm. one thing worth understanding, it's probably these questions. Yeah. And so- I feel like astronomy or the practice of looking up has uh, has brought me closer to an understanding, at least for what I believe, than than anything else I could have done, than any of those pages. It was a telescope that I feel like was my access to that, and um, it's never been anything but a positive experience. I don't I don't share that. I've heard a lot of people tell me that when they look up, it feels very scary, or it, it feels. 
I don't, I don't see it because even like you're talking about the improbability of there being anything at all. I see that, but doesn't it make it feel instantly? If you recognize that, doesn't it feel like stories like yours where you can go from having a career, we're talking about something so small now, career changes Mm. and jumping into doing what you absolutely want to do and chasing a passion. Doesn't it feel like the probability of that happening now compared against the things you know on the other side is not only likely. It's mm. bound to happen. I mean, compared to the probabilities of what have already happened, oh yeah, that is just an obvious choice. Go for it. Mm. Go for it. So true, you know. And like this really beautiful. Oh, it, it was a really, really interesting comment that you know you watch all these like movies, these sci-fi movies about right. going back in time, and like you can't do, you can't change any little tiny insignificant thing because it would have these massive, right. massive actions um, in the future. But like people feel like taking little tiny actions within their daily lives has no impact. Yeah. You know, Thoreau said you can't kill time without injuring eternity. Right. And I think that, yeah, you're right. Like, why are people not going for it with everything? If this is, we know very few things, but we do know one that, um, Life is passing by the moment. Mm. And we do know that certain things make us feel better than other things and certain things give us purpose. And if that is all you know, that's enough to make those decisions like you're talking about making, which has brought you here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how long have you been doing this? So I've actually been painting for just about three years. I learned, I taught myself free through YouTube. How funny is that? Honestly, you can just do it. Three years. And how much has your life changed in three years? Everything has changed. Oh my gosh. Like, it's strange. You know, I went from working this insane work schedule as an executive in a games industry, right? Like what kind of schedule are you talking about? Oh, I was, I was working, I was away from home for like 16 to maybe 18 hours a day. I would literally go home to sleep. If I was lucky, I would get a shower. It was a very stinky part of my How many days of uh And we would do week? that. We, for the, for the crunch period at the end, the bit that, that killed me was we would do, I was doing that seven days a week for three months. Some days I wouldn't even get home. I would just sleep under my desk. There was like, and I know that there's this whole like, prestige of like Silicon Valley where you're like, oh yeah, I don't sleep on a minute. It was the shittest part of my life. It was awful. Like <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't wish it. Like if you have a relationship, I used to just pass my husband in the kitchen and be like, oh, hey, you live here too. Yeah. You know, so right. I, don't, I don't wish that on anyone. And I literally went from that to now, like literally creating a six figure business that start that literally, and that, that business literally, it was in the last two, last two years which is mad. Right. That's per year, obviously. And this next year we we you know, we're scaling to 10 to 15x that amount. Right. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But good. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people identify and really, you know, are so drawn? I mean, why is it so magnetic what you're doing? It's a good question. Uh, look, I think that I don't talk about me as an artist very rarely. As in, like, oh, hey, you know, I've done this brushstroke or whatever. Like, I don't think people are interested. What I talk about is why space is so fucking cool, right? Yeah. Why people, like, why it's so, because here's the truth is that every person pretty much, as long as they could have seen the stars, which not everybody can, I, I agree. But, right. you know, as a kid, we all have this inbuilt sense of wonder. And at some point it gets beaten out of us. And it's like, I want it to be, and, and I believe it is becoming more acceptable to to follow that sense of wonder. Cause like, you know, like 
you find any kid and you stick them under a full, and like I'm talking like not just like a few stars, like, you know, when you go to the dark, dark places, maybe you've been camping or whatever, and then you see this whole Milky Way galaxy overhead, like, and it is just, there is no kid that isn't changed by that or we'll talk about that for months or years or whatever. So I want to be able to bring that, but not just to kids, but to adults as well, in a way that's really accessible. I want, I want it to be in people's homes. That's why I do a lot of glow-in-the-dark way start work, because right. I want people to be able to feel like they're looking at the stars at night, even if they're not necessarily super accessible, or maybe they don't have the ability to travel, or the ability to like, you know, even have a telescope or whatever. Like, it sure. just like everybody should have access to the stars no matter what in a way that's like visceral does that answer the question i can't even remember what tony what are, what are you drawn because i know i mean how many times have we talked about cats since the last podcast your podcast really it was it was one that had so many people talking about it and we just came back from new york i can tell you there was more talk about the podcast than there was anything else yeah there. it really was you know it, yeah, everybody was talking about it. And I think your your episode was one that really uh, people identified with. And, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, here, here's what I think about all this stuff. When you make a connection to the cosmos, like when you look up or you somehow make this connection, then what you get is a guy who buys a telescope for his wife and then ends up owning one of the largest telescope companies in the world. You get a woman who lives in, in Australia who has never painted before, becoming one a, a foremost artist in, in space. You have a woman, a mom, who lives in Long Island, uh, becoming one of the most uh, a premier astrophotographer and and buying equipment. You have Astromom. You have a guy named Joe who lives in New York City, uh, who sets up telescopes on the sidewalk and just you the, the passion in all of these people just cannot be contained. And that's why it's so important. All of us. I mean, I started making. I've made videos and I've I've done science outreach my entire life since I was in high school. I have been doing this for decades. I can't not do it and it's all because of that connection and that's what you get when you look up and take the time to think about these questions that we've just been discovering you know discussing what do you you know what are we doing here what's our place what is our perspective here and this stuff happens this kind of things comes out you never look at the stars and think Oh yeah, I've left the oven on. Never. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just I just saw you on your social media, and I know that you get you get bombarded with questions every day, and a lot of it has to be about um, chasing your dreams, right? Because yeah. the, I mean, you're such a huge proponent of that idea. How do you, what do you tell people that ask you? Look, I want everybody to realize that if they find like ask anything related, to, and to be honest, this is true for any industry, right? But if you can make what your passion is, um, and, and maybe sometimes some of you will have this as a hobby already, but maybe some of you wish it was a hobby. But if you can make that into your way of, of life, as in you can earn enough to live comfortably, pay your bills, do all of that stuff, then you can dedicate not just a few hours a week, you can dedicate all of your hours a week. And the difference that will make to society in general by being able to put out all this stuff is incredible. So like, that's why I'm all about it. And like, I... I have like, do you want me to go through like things people can do? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's all yours. Take okay. It. Okay. So, you know, obviously I do things called Kickstarter, um, uh, you know, campaigns where, you know, I, I basically fund over 30 days for people that don't know what that is. It's like, a, it's like a GoFundMe, but effectively you get something, you know, everybody gets something mm -hmm. depending on how much they fund. Right. But the idea is that, 
you know, if you, and you don't even need a, a telescope, right? But if you do, you can make your own images, but you can take Hubble images or whatever. I, my recommendation is turn them into something functional and useful, right? So I was um, coaching because uh, I, I believe in like, I want to get as many people into doing this. I want you guys to make money and, and I don't want people to feel ashamed about making money out of what they love because it literally will facilitate you doing more. It's freedom. Hell yes. Yeah. Oh my God, it changes everything. And and I said this in the last podcast, but you know, people, we're all, at some point you'll get the itch, which is that you feel like there's more to your life than just the nine to five grind. And that, you know, you need to, to progress from that, right? So this is how you do it. You take your passion. And if you're not sure what your passion or your purpose is, look at literally what you were doing when you were seven or eight or nine at that time and what really set you on fire then. And then look at what your values are right now and connect those two. That is basically the direction you need to go in. And then the idea is create products, right? Physical, tangible things or even digital assets. And so for instance, I have a friend who is really into games. And I always recommend this, take two of your favorite hobbies and then combine them. He's a big gamer, right? So we were talking about him making these massive gaming mouse mats with these beautiful cosmic images, right? And then, you know, it's super easy now. There's like loads of videos online, but you know, you can go to places like Alibaba or whatever, or even printing companies, get a few printed up. And if you don't want to get them printed up because you've got no money, mm -hmm. which is fine, right? People have got a ball on a budget, Ball on a budget. Right. So, you know, get yeah. if, if you can Photoshop yourself, great. If you can't right. get a friend to do it, you know, create some mock-up images, post them on your Facebook and just be like, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna print a few of these. Does anyone want one? Mm. Wait until you get 10 orders, go and buy it, you know, go put the order in, right? right. Simple as that. Um, just to get yourself moving forward. So find the two passions. So um, I've got another friend that she's massively into jewelry. So the idea of creating this cosmic themed jewelry. Um, and then I, I would highly recommend if you're going to do this thing, make it a time limited thing. So you say, you know, for the next week, if anyone wants this, let me know now. You've literally got seven days and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make produce, you know, I've got another friend that loves drinking beer. So, you know, making beer cozies because this, the truth is, is that right now that you can literally apply images to anything right. and make it use. Cause like, to be honest, I would love like a laptop case that's covered in the cosmos or a mouse mat mm -hmm. or, you know, beer cozy, or, you know, there's currently and right now there's this, um, there's a company called chef's vision, right. And they make, uh, uh, like these chef's knives, really high quality, mm -hmm. but with the galaxy prints over them. They've sold, like, they've sold like nearly a quarter of a million units and they're selling wow. for like 50 to $100 per set, right? So you just need to do some basic calculation to understand that that's an insane amount that you can generate. Yeah, and yeah. then you can use that to build, you know, to buy more telescopes, to like, to do more outreach to, and like what I'm doing is to create assets that you can then give away that will help the lives of other people in institutions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say like, so yeah, find the two things you love and combine them and create that into a product that you then sell. I didn't realize you could print on anything until we were in Times Square. So Tony has this Speedo that he printed, you know, it was a big um, hit. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when we were in Times Square, Tony was wearing this Astro Speedo that he printed. Oh, oh when you yeah. say Speedo, you mean like the little... Oh, yeah. yeah, like tidy whities for swimming. So you know what we call them, budgie smugglers in Australia? <laughs> okay, yeah, Tony. Yeah, it was very popular. Tony, where'd you get that thing? Oh, I had it made. I had I had it made uh, special for me. I had a, you know, it was the, uh, the dimensions. The dimensions were such that I couldn't just buy off the shelf. So. so did you have a G-string bag or was it like a big butt bag? You'll have to, like, you'll have to tune into like? the stream. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. This. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> the, dimensions, the dimensions were such. Oh, I couldn't just buy off the oh. shelf, I, you know. I just took something that was so positive that Kat just said and destroyed it. You went went there. But this is the truth, right? If you're into swimming, right? right? Or you're into surfing. It would sell. Even even his Speedo that doesn't really exist, but if it did, it probably would sell. So disappointing. And I'll just just remind Uh, everybody that even if you don't don't have the money to take your own astrophotos or you can't get permission from an astrophotographer to use theirs, all the NASA stuff's free and the ESA stuff. It's all public domain. You don't need to... You don't. Dustin is absolutely cracking up still. <laughs> so still dying. I'm trying to get that. serious here. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. It was in 51. It was up front there. It was amazing. It was just. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the dimensions were such. Oh, man. Well, I tried to keep it. You know. I'm crying right now, man. It was the, ele- it was the elephant trying to Yeah, the elephant. Right. <laughs> okay. That's what I should have done. Okay. That's what I should have oh, said, man. Kat. That's good. Yes. I, um, oh, I'm losing it. We got to. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to calm black down Black hole in the back. Oh, yeah, never. So, okay, let's stop. Let's just stop. Man, I'm crying. <laughs> but like, talking about to someone serious, so like, you know, if you like cooking, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, because here's the thing, right? If you think about like literally flowers, right? Oh, uh, you're people- going a different direction than I thought you were. All right, we're, yeah, we're good. Back. We're right. back. I don't yeah, know what right, I do right. not know what's in Dustin's mind. <laughs> yeah. we, go we went straight from he's that. Thinking, straight. He's trying to. Well, never mind. He's just trying to comprehend what I just told him. You're talking about cooking. I'm just like, man, I don't want to, like, I can't do the Tony in a Speedo cooking. Mind equals blown, man. Like, I can't. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) I can't. But all right, we're good. podcast ever. We're good. We're back. We're back. Like, for instance, you're thinking about the image of flowers, right? How many different things you see it printed on, right? And I like any kind of like homeware stuff. But here's the truth, right? Hardly anyone is doing it for space. Why? Because like. Honestly, for me, the universe space is like the most beautiful, insanely gorgeous thing out there. I, I mean, agree. like, why, like, why is it so easy for me to go and get a flower print bath mat, but not a cosmic one? Like, for me, don't get me wrong, I love a good bit of flowers, but like, I'd rather have a cosmic one, you know. And actually, the community that loves space is insanely big. Yeah. Like, and it's not just made up of like I always say it's split between four groups, right? It, the first group is people that were potentially around during the original space race and they just saw it as a kid and they've just been obsessed ever since. That was or, me. Yeah, I was know. one of those. Okay, great. We've got probably all in the room. You've got mm-hmm. number two, which is people that grew up with science fiction. So in particular, like video games such as Halo or you know, sure. Descent, if you're going further back than that, or Sins of the Solar Empire or whatever it is. No, Tony was playing like a Centipede. Damn straight. You know, or Damn what, straight. What's the other centipede. one? You're talking video asteroids, games. Asteroids. Uh, asteroids. Asteroids. Yeah, that was uh, Tony. Galaga, okay. Galaga. So, yeah, that was big, man. Pac-Man. Uh, hey, don't Pac-Man. be knocking yeah. that stuff, then, man. That was some good video games. It all oh, went yeah. downhill and after that. Also- 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, and then as well as that, you've got people that grew up with the, you know, the movies, right? Star Wars, Star Trek, yeah. right? All of that stuff. Yeah, that's probably the biggest group right that, there. That's I'd a massive, say. massive yeah, group. Right? And one. then the third one is people that are just raw into the science because they've heard some mind blowing facts. And, and that's, that's just... probably the smallest group, but I think that's probably also the most committed group. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. deep into it. And then the fourth group is actually all of those that now have kids that want to get their, their kids into STEAM, right? Mm. And they want to inspire them because they want their kids to grow up amazing. And actually a massive amount of people that buy my artwork actually buy it for their kids' rooms. But then somehow when they send me photos, I'm like, that artwork is not in your kids' room. That's in your room. You are lying. Yeah. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> So those are the, those, and, and actually, if you think about how massive all those groups are, you're like, yeah. how many people like Star Wars, Star Trek, right. like massive. And then combine them. Have massive. a get a get a picture of get a, get a t-shirt of a stormtrooper looking through a telescope. Man, that would be a great. You know, just get get combine all these groups together and get sued. Yeah, that's true. That's that a good point. <laughs> Lucasfilms but, or whoever the hell owns that Disney, I guess, owns Star Wars now. Disney yeah. now, but the point is, that the the group is massive, right? So you have need to stop thinking like, oh, nobody likes this stuff. Like everybody bloody likes this stuff. I have people that come to me regularly that was like, I've never been into space, but like since you started doing all this stuff, I've become obsessed. And I'm like, yeah, it's freaking cool. Hey, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think uh, let's talk about the business side for just a second. Mm -hmm. um, you, I see you on Instagram talking to other people who are aspiring painters who, if they were successful, would instantly become your competitors in that space. And you're constantly helping them, trying to get them inspired, Always. trying to help them find better ways to do it, all these things. Why is it that you help your competitors? Because they're not my competitors. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all on the team space. And that's what's important to me. That's like my mission is to connect as many people to the universe as possible, right? Yeah, I love it. I cannot do that alone. So I'm multiplying myself because the truth is, is that I'm always going to be me. I'm always going to do crazy stuff and no one really will be that bright. Well, the, there may be, and I hope there is, mm -hmm. but it's unlikely that the people are going to take projects on as big as I, that I like to do. Right. Um, but I just still want to, I, I want more people to do it. Like, I feel like that is a mark of success. Like the, what makes a good leader is not someone that leads a team, but a mark of a good leader is that one that can create other leaders. I agree. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I feel yeah. like I should do a motivational speech at the end of this. Yeah, maybe, you, just, should. Yeah. maybe <laughs> you should. Maybe you should. Or just like even like the locker room halftime version yeah. of the speech. Like we need one of those to end this. That's how we're going to end this. So be thinking about that. Okay. But Tony, what are you, after that podcast, we got a lot of feedback uh, from customers that, that just wanted to kind of know you know, how, how it is that they can get more involved. What do you tell people when they ask you, whether it's about space or just kind of chasing the dream? What, what are you telling people? Are you asking me or to your cat? Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, for me, it's just, you know, it's always the, it's always the simple stuff, you know, start, you know, let's let, you know, look at a meteor shower, uh, try to maybe image the moon. If you have some equipment, uh, you know, just, uh, work your way to the simple stuff. I don't worry so much about the business end of it, although that is, very motivating for a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I just try to get people to just pay attention to just do whatever, you know, they can. Sure. So that's sort of the approach I take. And I try to inspire the them through, end, through videos and stuff to do things. Yeah. The business end, I think is what gives it that freedom you were describing though, Kat. That's what allows people to do it long-term all the time. If yeah. that's really what they want. I know it's a, it's a strange thing because it's not something you would instantly associate with Astro. 
Right. And I think that's actually part of the issue is that the more successful you can be doing it, the more you can do, the more you can, you know, like, for instance, you know, if I gave you a million dollars because, mm-hmm. you know, you just set up like a big printing deal, printing the amazing stuff. And you're not only is it you're benefiting yourself, but then think of all those people that you're then impacting because they've got these amazing products. And then with that money, imagine what you could do, the people you could help. Like, that's what I'm more, like, I'm so passionate about this because, you know, I grew up with a really negative view of, of financial success that, you know, it would make you evil or like weird or something. But actually I realized that money is just basically, a, in essence, it's just a form of stored potential. It's like a, it's like a coiled spring, right? And that coiled spring could be, you know, about like in a gun that might shoot someone or that coil spring could be in a brake of a car and it might stop a road accident like the potential and where you direct it is your choice but if you have you know there's no I think Cohen Ray one of my business tutors says there's no amount of poverty that you can acquire that will help you, allow you to help other people yeah so you know and I'm not saying that it's be all and end all it's just a magnifier right so yeah. and look I think literally it's important to the survival of the human race. So, you know, right now there's loads of people making money from from space stuff that don't even care about it um, and maybe aren't really communicating in, in a nice way about it. You know, literally just, you know, there are companies that will just literally be like, I'll print anything on a T-shirt. Doesn't really matter. We'll just go with what sells. That's also fine. Good. I'm glad someone's doing it. But like, how much better would it be? Someone that's passionate could then use that, fu- like those funds to, you know, talk about steam to do science communication like for instance if you had a million dollars you could start a media company you could you could you know like there's so much more you could do like so i think it's really important yeah i think you you hit the nail on the head i mean at least i believe that's the reason i i always tell people that they should find their reason for doing what it is they're going to do first and then find what it is that you really feel like you should do but your reason is everything and i agree helping people is the point like i want to do very very big things and what makes it fulfilling is doing these things because of you know the connection with people and helping people like like this, like just inspiring people. Yeah. Having you here will inspire people. It inspires me every time I talk to you. It, it truly yeah, does. And um, the, there was one more thing that I did forget about, like setting up your business. Once you've got your purpose right, and you're you know you the thing that you're most passionate about, and you've created whatever set of products, right. you basically need a few basic th- pillars. Right, one is you need a system a system in which people can send you money. It's no good just having, and I think this is a problem a lot of people have. They they have maybe have products, but then they don't make a system in which people can give them money for like there needs to be an they feel bad taking money so many people don't feel yeah they they don't want to ask for that part of it you know they don't want to have the sellable thing because then it's like it somehow taints the the process or I, something i feel like that might happen if you don't have a bigger purpose right mm-hmm. so if you're exactly. right so if you put your purpose in the way so i don't feel bad about earning money because i know that i'm going to funnel it right back into doing exactly. great things that's right? the whole point that's why you have to know that piece first for sure for sure so you know, have a system, whether that's, you know, you've got a Facebook page with a store built in. Right. It's free. God, do it. You know, whether uh-huh. you're using an Etsy, whether you, whatever, have a system that is, this is the method. And, you know, I use Kickstarter, for instance. Use, organize a platform that will allow you to do it. Mm-hmm. The second thing is community. So once you've got your products, 
you've got your system, build a community around it. Just, you don't even have to talk about yourself, even if you hate being on mic or whatever, on the mic or whatever, right? Just talk about what you're passionate about. You just literally need to infuse people with how cool this is. And actually people will buy products because they don't, you know, people don't buy my, I don't sell space art. I spell a, I sell a connection to the universe, right? When people look at it, they get the connection. Sure. So I don't talk about my paintings as such. I talk about you, the, you how cool the universe is because that's the connection part. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. It, makes perfect yeah. sense. it does. And I think that, you know, it's really important that as many people as possible embrace that idea because mm. we are moment by moment writing our life story. And yeah. I realized at a certain point I was writing a story in my life that I wouldn't even want to read. Mm. You know, I was like, this is a, a boring story where I'm really not going for anything. I'm just chasing the next pillar, right? Like, oh, well, I need a job making this much money or I need this house or whatever it was. I wasn't even writing a story I wanted to read. And so when you start to kind of, uh, I don't know, you gotta find take, those. You got to take a, a like a leap. Yeah, you do. You do. Absolutely. But I know that lots of people have responsibilities and there's nothing wrong with side hustle. You know, my first (laughs) exhibition, hey, get your side hustle on the go. (laughs) Right. So I did eight months of just two hours on a Saturday before I launched my first Kickstarter that Uh then went on to make $70,000. Right. That that was two hours on a Saturday for six months. If if you can't if you can't do that, then like. Yeah. Wow. You were smart about it. You like eased in. See, I just like jumped off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, you know, I really did. I he just was just like jumped off the cliff. First. Yeah, I did. But um, hey, either way works. Well, it depends. Like, it depends what responsibilities. If you've got kids and mortgages, and you know, fair enough. Right, do a side yeah. hustle. There's literally nothing stopping you. And right now, we are at this amazing point that we are we can connect to everybody on the internet. Like, literally, you know, you go back fifty years, it wasn't available what you have now. You we are so, so fortunate. So, you know, fi- you can literally build a community for free just by doing a couple posts every now and then. It doesn't have to be massive. And yeah. if you're not sure where to start, we say the um Cohen always says the is it the four Fs? Friends, foolish, family, and anyone oh no, uh, friends, family, and anyone foolish enough to be within 10 yards of you, right? Yeah. So use that as a le- starting board to see if it's you know a good thing you can do and before you know it it will literally escalate into a point where you can quit your job you can make Mm -hmm. this you know and it here's the truth it doesn't actually ruin it i've i've got more and more enjoyment out of being you know in astronomy since i've started working full-time with it i think it's amazing and it's not always going to look like other people like a lot of people's story will look nothing like yours mine looks nothing like yours for me step one was finding my partner Mm. i needed balance i you know i'm all in all the time (laughs) hyper aggressive about everything just go for it you know and i I needed (laughs) i needed balance and that's what jenny is for me you know and and through everything we are absolute partners in everything we do you know and even through like we were married divorced and through all of that you know we're still best friends in everything we do we still do together and you've met jenny and she is like she is exactly that she is that inspiration every day still to today um she is such a badass she is a badass i have such a crush on her yeah jenny is a badass and um you know i (laughs) i have to have so some people need a partner like i have to have a partner to be effective because otherwise 
those those parts of me that are the weaknesses in business would mm. cripple anything I was trying to do. True. But with a partner, it gives it that balance and makes it extremely effective. And so some people have to start there, finding someone or you know, isolating the weaknesses yeah. and whatever it takes to either eliminate those or at least cover them enough to be able to focus on the strengths, mm. right? But um, it, it always looks different for people. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's not meant to look good when you start. No, it's like, ugly. That's the truth. You know, my first few paintings are shit, really but terrible. Like, oh, God. I want to see those. I will I will show you. Actually, some people say they're really nice, but honestly, they were. Like, you could see I was, like, obviously struggling. I had not figured it out. I hadn't even watched a Bob, Bob Ross tutorial on you know YouTube at that point. No way. You did that without Bob Ross? I did oh, it without I Bob Ross. <gasps> I'll save you, uh, Bob Ross. Uh, but, yeah, so it's not meant – so here's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it's just me, and I've – you know, I don't – like, if, if someone wanted to start a podcast, for instance, oh, you know, I don't have a nice mic. You've already got a phone on you. Just use that, yeah, exactly. right? You know, use whatever you've got around you. You know, I started with, and I love this bit. I didn't say this last time, but I started with like a $20 easel, like a canvas that was like a couple bucks, you know, like the cheapest, nastiest paints you could even imagine. They were like, I think reduced to five bucks and like house painting brushes, literally didn't even have special brushes and like a, a 97 cents drop sheet to cover the floor so I didn't make a mess. And I literally was just in a corner of my room. And from that, after six months, I had created a business that I would literally be able to, you know, like live off. So yeah. the point is you don't need to start with massive telescopes. Start small, buy yourself a really small scope, you know, or even if you can't even get to that, go to a star party. You know, there's loads. You know, this is one thing about the astro community, they are so willing to share. They're so loving and giving. Like, yeah, it's true. Honestly, Agreed. never f you will never find a more inclusive. Or I mean, hopefully you will. But I mean, it's so inclusive. It's you know right. any any type of spectrum, background, race, whatever you come along. They are. If you like the stars, you'll you know you're part of the family. Bring coming in. And even if you're not sure, don't feel like you're ever going to be made to feel stupid or anything because they're just so not they're just willing to teach so come along to another thing and ask if you can take a few photos and make that into your start well one yeah. of the things i learned yeah. this past weekend actually with the people we met both at neve and people like astro mom and and these imagers is they're starting simple with their imaging uh, i think steven swancote for example mm. he's he loves the moon and uh that's one of the easier things to get started with astro mom said the same thing she she started uh imaging the moon and now she's looking to get some deep sky objects and and, and working her way up nice. slowly so uh yeah that's just take it simple and take your time and most of all just have fun though i mean just make sure you're having a good yeah. time don't stress about it just yeah. uh get enjoy those photons hitting your that's, retinas well, okay, okay. You. That's, i'm glad you brought oh. that up because i have an announcement to make oh. listeners of this podcast you need to know something cat <laughs> and dustin had this observing session last night at this this gigantic dobsonian and i don't know was that in your back was that in your backyard uh, dustin your new yeah <laughs> yeah it was a 20 inch 20 it inch was beautiful it right was massive and big. what did cat send me Ooh. over instagram but there was a photo of dustin with his eye next to an eyepiece and there was no camera in the frame so Dustin so, was doing some visual observing last night. That, that exclusive. Man, I was exclusive. I was trying to <laughs> exclusive. You heard it here first. Oh, like, I was trying to find where the camera goes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. That's what I was. So, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So, um, <laughs> yeah, sure. There, there was a. <laughs> 
He was loving it. He was loving it. Oh, there it was. was the, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. There was a previous podcast, if you've not listened, which is like visual versus uh-huh. imaging. Astronomy. Episode one. That episode was the one. First was it? one. Must yeah. check it out. And it's interesting because, yeah. I, and I like, holy moly, just seeing it in person. Oh, it was oh, incredible. So good. We were just looking at the moon, but we were looking at it through a 20 inch scope. So Ooh, it's big. What is it? Was, it was at a crescent right it now. It was unreal. Is that right? It just came out of news. Yeah, it is. Moon. But oh, yeah, you don't want to look at a full moon through a 20 inch scope. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a, that'll hurt. <laughs> It'll be a laser. Yeah, that'll, be a laser out the other side. That was Lines. a beautiful start of fire. Moon. That was a really nice. <laughs> it was huge. It was like the size yeah. of a phone booth. Yeah. Oh man, he's my, compensating. My, right, I, I, I hear <laughs> always, you. I don't have to worry about always. that, but I get it. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> always, always. So yeah, my friends at Skywatcher, they uh, they gave me that to do outreach with, and that's the one we take out to wavelength and other places. But yeah, yeah a twenty inch scope. That'll get I mean, your attention. Just, is this my, is this your first time at this new building? Yeah, it's my first time. It's is it amazing? I feel like you guys were here though. You and your brother came no, to Opie. We, we went to the. We went to the old, your old place. So you, your first. Okay, you went to the old building in yeah, Oceanside. Yeah. yeah. But this, honestly, you walk around OPT HQ. Wow. Like every department is so cool. Like you, you don't even appreciate how freaking massive this place is. Like it's huge. I and mean, we've got like professional services that work with people like, you know, all the, I don't know if you can name people, but yeah. all the top names. You can name the public ones. You can't name Oh, right. So them. like like NASA, NASA JPL, or JPL. Like, holy moly. And then you've got just like every single department is almost the size of a full store. And there's so many people doing stuff. And like the amount of telescopes in the st- – like you have ne- – <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's a few. I think we should call this the pleasure room. But it's not so much the pleasure room. It's like a pleasure castle. Yeah. It's like it's huge. And there's like shelves and shelves up to the ceiling and like every possible – like you have no – and the amount of throughput, like mm. you guys are doing so well. I'm so happy for you because like, I mean – and also, I mean, I was really lucky – Myself and my brother Charles are privy to the uh, the training session. They do training every single day with the team, mm-hmm. so they know everything. So that by the time you give them a call at OPT, they're literally able to answer any question. And I was like, "Wow, this is so different." I mean, I've, I've worked in big companies. Well, there's a lot to it. You know, it's one thing if like you're a manufacturer and you have to know everything there is to know about one right. line, but here they have to know everything there is to know about everything. So that's why we do the daily training sessions with everybody that's customer facing because you got to know. Oh, it's you got to know. It's too easy to have people waste their money if they buy the wrong thing. And then, then they don't want to be part of the hobby. And it just, you know, it gets frustrating and said, this is a hobby. It should just be fun. So they have to know. So they put in a lot of time just I was, training. I learned a load. I, yeah. I, I was so, yeah, I was just so surprised because like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about it yet mm-hmm. about what you like, because obviously for you, it's just day to day, but sure. like the stuff that goes on in OPT behind the scenes is insane. I mean, obviously you get to see the big public facing things. Yeah, I really like, thought you'd been here before. Nah. Wow. Okay. Well, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome having you in the studio it's instead cool. of, you know, what, 10,000 miles away. Get high, mate. Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> on the other side yeah. of the world. Upside down. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, right. well, and to hear Dustin talk about the store, uh, he he describes himself or describes OPT as a as an online presence first and foremost. But then there's this magnificent facility down in California, so it sounds amazing. I can't. I, I want to see it myself. Oh, yeah. you have to. You 
You'd freak out if you see the store in. <laughs> you would literally yeah, freak out. It's probably amazing. would. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man. I, I go running into the back. A lot of us do every day. But, you know, when shipments come in and go, I mean, there's so many boxes, tens of thousands of boxes leaving here. And, um, you know, that means tens of thousands of boxes coming in as well. So every day I run back there to see what came in. And if it's something new, man, we're we're all over it. Because everybody in this building loves this stuff, you know. And so we're all over it. And it, it usually... The first ones that come in don't even make it to the shelf to get sold because people are like, I claim it and it's, it's <laughs> here. And, yeah. Put it in the lending library. We're, we're keeping it. Staff's using it. You know, that's what wow. happens. But it, um, yeah, it's it's paradise for imagers, certainly. Yeah, that's another thing that helps out there is that with the staff is they have this massive lending library. Ian was telling me about it uh, over the weekend. So, oh, yeah, did he? you yeah. get access to equipment that they can use and learn on their own. Well, if we don't run into the problems before customers do, it's not going to be great for people that just spend a lot of their True. hard-earned dollars, you know. So we use the stuff before they do to to make sure that you know, and that's why they have it. It's it's basically if it exists, we put it in the lending library, and then they can pull whatever they want, they loan it out, and they can use whatever equipment they want working here, so that they know it. So when someone calls, they've already used it. Yeah, you know? that's true. So it's just another another step to try to help. But anyway. Um, yeah, well, welcome. I'm glad you're here, Kat. I love this place, and thank yeah. you so much for having me. How long are you me. out there? How long are you staying? Um, so we're staying until the 17th in the U.S., but who knows where we're going to be? At the 16th, I've got I'm going to up in San Francisco, and there may be some other things coming up. Maybe yeah. who knows? You're always busy. Always busy. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I guess I'll start to wrap this up. Um, if you don't know who we've been talking to, it's been Cat Machen, and you can reach. Why don't you tell people how people can find out where your your stuff online where are your what's your online presence uh, yeah so uh it is spelt a little strange unfortunately um so it's katherine machin and that is my username for instagram facebook twitter but it's spelt c-a-t-h-r-i-n so it's like katherine with no e's and then it's machin which is a bit like machine without the e on the end so it's probably the easiest and your website is catmachin.com too right catmachin.com yeah I think at this point, though, you're you're big enough that you just type cat. It's like Google If you type space cat in, you get pictures of cats in space, which is infinitely cooler than the stuff I'm doing. So right. you check that out. Talk about combining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, right. All right, everybody. Well, I want to thank you. Thanks so much, Kat, for coming back and talking with us. And on behalf of Dustin Gibson, I want to so thank you all so much for listening. And as always, keep looking up. Space Junk was produced by OPT Telescopes in Carlsbad, California, in partnership with Deep Astronomy. Please send feedback and questions to spacejunk at deepastronomy.com.